Sorgatron Media on Broadway Avenue in the heart of the Beachview Business District. This is the Pittsburgh Current Podcast. We apologize for our lateness today. We have some technical difficulties, some of which we'll talk about uh, here uh, soon, just because they're they'll kind of going with our topic today with our guest, Gabinesso, uh, who will be um, bringing, uh, bringing on here in just a second. Before we do, I want to talk about a couple things. Uh, first of all, new issue of the Pittsburgh Current is on the streets today. We have... Um, uh, Atia Irving Mitchell does a, she has a great story on uh, entitled Ice Storm. We're looking at the immigration issues here in the city of Pittsburgh. Um, also, um, I want to take just a second. Um, as everybody knows, we've been doing this about a year now, and um, I wanted to thank everyone. Um, and I know I've done this before, but I, I, I we recently um, received our readership numbers from a first media audit. Um, in our, of our, of our existence here. And, um, our readership numbers are better than I ever could have hoped. Everything that I hoped that this, that this paper would be for our readers, it looks like it's becoming, and I can't thank you guys enough for reading and for staying with us. And, um, we're going to continue to get better and grow as we move on. But, um, we'll be doing, we'll be, um, we'll be, um, letting, we obviously bragging about those numbers more and, in some uh, in some formal posts and such later, but um, I just wanted to say um, thank you so much. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, also, great going on at the Pittsburgh Current is we have uh, a new columnist. We have a new um, personality with us, Gab Benesso. Gab, welcome to the show. Charlie, thanks for having me, and thanks for having me with the Pittsburgh Current. I'm so pumped. <laughs> no, we're excited too. Gab became <laughs> Gab became available. I'm not sure why. <laughs> Um, but thank you to those who, who, who let her be available, um, because, um, I've wanted to work with Gab for a while and it's, um, it's great. And, and the reasons being, of course, is number one, she will now be writing our, this tastes funny, our managing editor, former managing editor, Haley Frederick, as we all know, went to, we, she left a few weeks ago. She went to work for the Elizabeth Glazier Pediatric AIDS Foundation, which is, you know, working for a nonprofit like that is, is sort of her dream job. So we're really happy for Haley, but that left an opening and we figure who eats with comedians, probably more than a comedian. Right. So <laughs> we, we got Gab and she'll also be doing her, uh, she'll also be doing a column, um, on, um, uh, everything basically, basically <laughs> right. From comedy to, to current affairs, to mental illness, which is something she wrote about today. Um, so, Gab, talk a little bit about, let's talk a little, let's start off, let's talk a little bit about the column that we just put up this morning at PittsburghCurrent.com, um, in which you talk about the scapegoating of folks with mental illness for these mass shootings. Yeah, yeah. First of all, thank you for letting me write about such a uh, divisive topic. Yeah. I know that a lot of people are probably going to hate me, but I don't care. Um, my, Yeah, it was really a bummer to see that being the narrative after two uh, mass shootings in 24 hours, right? right? Like, that's the narrative, not 
you know, a ban on assault rifle, nothing like that. It's, it's, we have to talk about mental health issues right. in our country. And uh, it just does feel very gaslighting to those of us who do have mental health issues. Um, I always say people with mental illness are, are not really ill if they're acknowledging their mental illness and right. they're working on it. We're actually, I would think, more mentally healthy than a lot of people who don't even acknowledge exactly. maybe they should like. Exactly. And I've never understood this idea of getting a, you know, yearly physical of your body, but not one of your brain. I right. mean, I just, I think it's really arrogant for people to think that they have no mental health issues and nothing will ever happen in their life that could right. cause a mental health issue. So, um, yeah, I just think it's a really unfair and ignorant narrative to to throw out in a time of tragedy. And it just blocks us from talking about the stuff that's really an issue. Right. You know? Which, of course, are the fa- is the fact that you can buy these weapons, a weapon that, that killed nine people in less than a nine killed nine people and injured 24 in less than a minute before police. I mean, police were, were there. They got there quickly. They responded quickly. Less than a minute. He killed nine and injured 24. How how do you think, how do you, what do you think goes, goes on in the minds of our politicians when they initially think, you know, something like this happens? I, I have to think that at this point, it's a concerted effort to, protect their views or their interests, I would think, because it's kind of hard to keep sort of banging the drum that it's not the gun, the gun it's, when it's continuously the gun. It's obviously the guns. And I think in a weird way, they think if they hide behind mental health, it's like their attempt at being mm-hmm. woke. Like they're like, no, right. we see it. Mental health. But it's like, no, you're never going to do what really needs to, to happen for mental right, health. Because they want to pretend like they're helping. Like they want to pretend like, oh my God, we have to do something about these poor sick folks and that's the kind of that's the angle they take, but it really is. It's scapegoating, it, pure and simple, without a doubt. And, yeah. and 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 this idea that I mean, especially the the shooter in Texas, like we know he went in there with a right. racist agenda, and you're going to say that's mental. I mean, I don't believe racism is a mental health disorder. I think it's a personality disorder. Right. I think it's, um, you know, entitlement disorder. I definitely, and I, and I think I mentioned this in the column, like I, I, the thing that really gets me is when it's a, a angry white man, we say, we got to talk about mental health. Right. But if it's a young black kid involved in gang violence, right. we never want to have that when actually that would be the proper narrative, right? Right. An entire group of people who assist, assist systematic racism. And I, I would think there would be a lot of PTSD and mental health issues in, in that community, but we don't have that conversation then. We're only having it when it's an angry white man who's shooting us with assault weapons. <laughs> right. I mean, nobody, when, in, in, when, when Cleveland police rolled up on Tamir Rice, right. they didn't wonder, I wonder if he's a little depressed today. Right. Meanwhile, the kid has a, has a toy gun. He was being a kid, you know, and yeah. they, they, in those instances, you know, he must be getting ready to perpetrate a crime. He's not, he's oh, not hurting inside. I mean, locally, our poor Antoine Rose. I mean, this yeah. kid is, you know, guilty without a jury. Um, and then um, people who actually knew him within the community, like Giselle Fetterman, posting her side of his life and then mm-hmm. people being like, don't say he's a nice kid. Right. Could we ever talk about mental health in, in, right. in these communities? <laughs> right. Maybe that would be the yeah. narrative then. But no, no, no. Only when it's a white yeah. guy in a Walmart. Right. <laughs> Uh, a, a young, a young, a young black male who has lived a clean, exemplary life. He's in a bad situation that day. 
we don't talk about wrong place, wrong time. And we don't want to talk about maybe there was something going on with him that kind of led him to that instance of that. Who knows? I mean, I'm just speculating, but right. but nobody brings it up. But we don't get to talk about yeah. that in that case. But, you know, obviously 24 hours, two mass shootings, it has right. to be mental health. Right. Can't be the guns. Can't, right. Right. Can't be yeah. Return to the assault ban. I mean, we need it, but. And the tree of life shooting. Again, oh. the tree, again, was that, was that mental health? He literally went there to kill Jews. Right. I mean, Anti-Semitism, I that do not believe like is like racism to me. Disorder. Right, yes, exactly. It's not, it's not mental health. Yeah, it's really... <laughs> and it's just very hurtful to people with mental health disorder. I mean, like, I think I also wrote in the column, like, I'm an empath, not a psychopath. Like, right. you know what I mean? People with mental health issues who are working on them, I think are some of the most sensitive people out there. And I, I don't... I, I just... You know, and I would never go buy a gun. I know better. Right. You know, when I was first diagnosed with bipolar disorder, right. my therapist gave me a book about... Uh, bipolar and she was like you should also give it to your mother I gave it to my mother and within a week my mother sold every handgun in our house wow. they were my father's he had passed away but she was like we're not I mean why tempt you because it's right. not about murder it's about suicide right. you know exactly. Um, and I think that's the sadder reality about gun violence and people with mental health it's usually we're taking our own lives it's not right going out there and, right. take, and take killing people for their race yeah it was just it was really disturbing yeah. and people I actually respected like that was their their first post on yeah. Facebook we need to talk about mental health and I just wanted I'm just like I can't even but you don't want to talk about it when we like you know every day of the year yeah don't you <laughs> just want to yell let's talk about guns motherfucker please exactly it's just, it's, it's just crazy and it's like these ideas they're coming for my guns no yeah. we just don't think these particular rifles that can kill people in a second yeah. should be on the market for everybody I had an idea for a story that I wanted kind of an idea not really probably anything I would do because I will never get a handgun but I wanted to like live like three months or a year as quote unquote good guy with a gun I was going to get a hat and a little badge say good guy with a gun and you know wear a couple six shooters or something like that but I didn't know how that would go over you know because we need to talk about mental health and I thought I could bring I could bring attention to the fact right 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 yeah I'm dressed like Yosemite Sam maybe that is a mental health yeah half the population will be like yeah brother and then the other half will be getting up and leaving like (laughs) exactly I was at Starbucks and a guy came in with a gun on his and I was like I don't want to be here now I know right no I've (laughs) definitely you've been in those situations and it's like what the hell you know I mean and they I don't know. we're very sensitive, right? We're the right. sensitive, yeah. weak. Right, yeah, right. <laughs> we're the snowflakes who can't yeah. handle seeing a you're gun. You're carrying a gun. You're waiting to like, you're, you're looking to throw down. Right. Who's got the problem? Like, you know. It's, it's terrifying. It's truly terrifying. <laughs> Mental health issues are definitely a play, but I think it has to do with our politicians. Exactly, and, exactly. And like I said, if we were going to talk about, you know, the grieving families, if we are going right. to get into that, or, or, or the incident in Times Square where the motorcycle right. backfires, everyone assumes it's another mass right. shooting. They're panicking. <laughs> I mean, you, we have a society yeah. with PTSD, but we can't talk about that. Right. And that was a great point, too. And we, we go read the column. We're not going to give it all yeah, to yeah, you. Yeah, people, I mean, but, <laughs> but that was a great point. We as a nation are probably suffering from some level of PTSD. I, I, I know I am. Right. I mean, yeah. that weekend, I had to go to Market District Giant Eagle, and I was like, I don't, I, I don't <laughs> want to do this today. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm just, like, scared anymore. I don't, need, I don't need elk burgers that badly. I don't no, not at all. Stuff. Not at all. Yeah. To Market <laughs> District, yeah. Ugh. Um. Yeah, so there's that. And then, of course, the president's response to go, again, just like happened here in Pittsburgh, he was asked not to come uh, right. to the cities. <laughs> no, please. It's okay. Yep. Stay Don't there. Um, but he came. Um, and um, what did you make of that whole scene? He was very – he was a little too happy to be there, in my opinion. I don't think he ever fully grasps 
anything that yeah. isn't him. Like he's right. just, I'm here, so now everything's great. And it's like, right. no, no, you just your mere presence isn't going to fix this, sir. I know you think so. In fact, it's I mean, make it worse. He, he's still a reality star. You know, right. what I mean, it's still the red carpet. It's not a press. You know, it's just, yeah, it's really disturbing. Um, and the crazy part is, and I always say this: if he had never run for president. I don't think I'd have any anger towards him. I'd just be like, oh, right. that character, that right. rich, nutty nut who does right. The Apprentice. Right. But now you've really like ruined the best country on earth, and I'm yeah. not going to allow this as a citizen of the United States. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm a little angry. You know, my my immigrant parents, grandparents wanted to come here for a better yeah. life, and you know, and they were allowed back then. So. Yeah, so it was his. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is just... And his wife. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah, he really, um, he misses the boat on a lot of things, <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> I try I not to be mean about him, but well, it's hard not to. <laughs> it's not, it, you know, like I sort of adopted a policy a little bit like probably, a well, at least around 2016, <laughs> that it was, um, you almost have to on some level, at least this is my opinion, and something that I've been glad to do, which is stoop down a little bit. Like I feel like I feel like there are there are people sort of in every movement that just that need to like represent sort of the extremes of those movements, just so because it's 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 there has to be someone to get because sometimes people only hear that kind of verbiage and that kind of you know and based on mail I've received, people definitely <laughs> have heard me. So it's it's you know I mean I just certainly don't agree. That's not good for. Um, for the law for long-term political discourse at all but it's just it's tough to not sometimes just try and like fight fire with fire and some people say well getting down on their level doesn't help but sometimes it does but not that i advocate everybody doing that but it's just i I really don't know how to respond i think a lot of times i mean so much of and i hate to be cruel but a lot of his fan base i find he he preys on the ignorant right he preys on people who who maybe ah aren't intellectual. Maybe that would be the word I would use. Um, and, and it's cruel. I mean, this idea he's going to bring back coal mining and, right. you know, things that are just not coming back. And if they did, it would ruin, I mean, the earth right. is going to uh, turn into a ball of fire faster right. than we would like it. Right. And it already is because yeah. of everything he has stopped caring about, you right. know? I mean, I'm terrified for anyone I know who has little children. I'm just right. like, if he is the president again, I mean... Teens today are pissed too. Like I, I, I have a niece and a nephew who are, you know, in my life quite a bit, and um, we have we have a high school student who job shadows with us, um, and they get pissed about. Like they go right off on the environment about how we it all up for them, and you know, hey, thanks for nothing. And they're, I mean, they're like they're very rabid about the environment. So the good news is the change is coming. The bad news is there might not be any planet for them to run. Unfortunately, right. but we, we may have done too much damage. <laughs> Sorry, kids. <laughs> Yeah, it's really, really. Um, I actually, uh, a young girl uh, I met, I recently was doing like a free show at a park for kids. And uh, she basically said to me, I hope you come to my school to do mental health awareness because this summer we got a packet about what we're supposed to do if there's an active shooter. And now I have anxiety. And yeah. I'm like, but they're not giving you packets on mental health awareness. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, they're just exactly. Like, Here you go, kids. And this is what you need to do to make sure there's not right. a shooting at your school. Like it's the kid's responsibility. Right. Be a good citizen, it said right. on the package. <laughs> Yeah. Be a good citizen. Just, you know, and if you think about like, if you think about the, the whole good guy with a gun thing. So, you know, I mean, we apparently, you know, when there was all the school, when there were school shooters, they want to arm teachers. Right. So I think we need to actually arm um, um, undocumented immigrants because they're currently tar- being targeted and we need to arm 
you know, people of color because they're, you know, so we need, they need to have a chance to defend themselves. And we've shown that there's no other way to defend them, defend yourself unless you get a gun and right. you know, become, <laughs> be, become a shooter for the good, for the good guys. Yeah. Oh, it's depressing. Depressing. It's so depressing. Shit. It really is. <laughs> but you know, it's not depressing. Free mulch. And I want to tell you today, you wonder how I segued there. Yeah, that's amazing. I want to tell you today about, about a great, a great program. Uh, Chip Drop. Chip Drop helps gardeners get free mulch from local neighborhood tree companies. Using local natural mulch in your garden is the best way to stop weeds and help your plants while saving money. You can sign up at chipdrop.com. And uh, I want to thank Chip Drop for uh, sponsoring the podcast today and for being one of our, uh, one of our advertisers. And again, you know, free mulch. You can't beat that with a stick. Get it? See what I did there? <laughs> that with was a stick. amazing. <laughs> but I'm not a comedian. Gab is. So let's. So I've been told. <laughs> no, you're ve- you're very funny. Like you know, I've 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 you know I've seen you before, and, and I think everybody is probably, um, everybody. A lot of people I know have have seen your stand up. How did you get into comedy? Was it a bit of a therapeutic sort of move for you, or? That's a really good question. I not intentionally. Mm -hmm. I got into uh, comedy because when I was graduating uh, Duquesne University with a degree in theater, which really (laughs) made sense, spend $35,000 a year to not make money. Um, My mentor at the time was sort of like, uh, just, you know, giving me some life advice. Cause I was Mm -hmm. like, I don't know if I should move to New York, move to LA. And he was like, the thing is you are a character actress and you're 22 years old. So you're not going to get work for a good 18 years. Um, He's (laughs) like, however, you won a few playwriting contests. You Mm -hmm. won a few directing contests what if you did stand-up comedy? You're really funny. That way it would be like a one-woman show that you sort of write. And I took that advice. And I, at the time, there was a, a guy who had graduated from Duquesne named Jesse Joyce, who was a really well-known comedian in Pittsburgh at yeah. the time. And so he had invited me to see him at the Funny Bone. And I immediately was like, nah, I don't want to do this. Yeah. You know, it was all guys talking about their junk. And it was just <laughs> the same jokes over and over. And I'm like, I just, this isn't what I want to do. Right. And so, like, a year or two after that, my, my one older brother was, like, he was trying to encourage me to do it. And the Funny Bone was having a contest. Mm-hmm. He's like, why don't we just both sign up? We'll both sign up. We'll do the contest. And we'll see what happens. And so I signed up. And then I find out a week before he never signed up. Oh, he really? He played me. <laughs> didn't sign up. So I go do this contest. It's my first time ever doing stand-up. I didn't even write material. I literally wrote it on the way to the gig at my sister's wow. Geo Metro. Her friend was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I guess I better write some jokes. And uh, and I made it to the finals on my very first time. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, there's something I like about this. But I didn't like the way the other comedians would tell me how to be a comedian. Like you have to learn five minutes of stand up and do the same five minutes. And I'm like, I, that's not art. You know, I just came from a theater background. And so early on, I just never understood the philosophy and mentality of the club situation right away. Got my own room at club cafe and just started like doing my own thing. Um, and I was a very like, I'm a manic depressive. Okay. So the yeah. manic part is like the driving force. Sure. So 22 years old, I'm like, I'm pretty good at this. <laughs> I just start sending out press releases, cold calling the That's post awesome. cassette. <laughs> I'm like, I'm this young girl and I do it. And so I'm getting all this press, all these like 30, 40 year old comedians who've been right. doing it for 15 years are like, we hate her. <laughs> and I just was like, just this ostracized being the entire right. time. And I also early on was like, I need to have a room for women, for people of color, for gay comedians, for everybody that is oppressed. And so that was always my thing. And I know a lot of, and I use comedians in town, will say, you know, I'm the producer of the Misfit comics or whatever, you know, the Island Misfit Toys is my room. (laughs) But, you know, it served me. It's been my brand and I'm very alternative and I all, and it just kind of goes with it. So, 
and then um you i mean so you've done i mean obviously you 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 do stand up you tour also correct yep, yep. and i'm getting to do that more now which is yeah. exciting yeah um but then you also have you have the um the anti-bullying platform yeah you use you kind of use your 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 um your your bully pulpit for lack of a better word to to sort of talk about these things like bullying yes um so talk a little bit about how did that start and it, it was uh are you still working with a partner? Is that still Josh and Gab? Is yeah, so we yeah. were Josh and Gab, and then Josh had to take a break from performing full-time. So yeah. we were staying as Josh and Gab, which then became extremely confusing when it was just Gab. Right. Um, and so uh, after a year of me doing by myself, Josh was like, I think we need to rebrand it as Gab and SO's Gab Squad, and then when we're the band, we'll be Josh and Gab. Yeah, yeah. So he's my manager now. He does all my booking, wow. all my contracts, all that kind of stuff. He still helps me write all my new music. Um, but it kind of came about... Oh, oh my God, it's been eight years now. Um, Josh and I were always friendly. Like, I loved his band. He mm-hmm. always came to support my stand-up. We always wanted to do something together. We just didn't know what. And so uh, we had done one silly little parody song. Not even a parody song. He wrote a song about the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> We performed it. My best friend, who is a teacher, was like, you guys should write kids' music. It's like, it was a very, like, her little nephew was too, was obsessed with it, and then knew right. every detail of the assassination. She was like, <laughs> what if you did something more positive? Yeah. So we, he and I created this anti-bully program, because I had been bullied, he had been bullied, and uh, and we did one show, and it literally just kind of took off. And yeah. the next thing we knew, this became our full-time job, because right. I had been working with American Eagle prior to that, doing corporate stand-up, which, between the corporate stand-up and the kids' comedy... That is who I am now. Right. Like I've literally figured out how to perform for every single person yeah. in the world. And old Gab would have been like, it's my art. And if you don't get it, get out. <laughs> and now I'm just like, no, I want to make people laugh because the world sucks. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> this might be the one time of their day they don't want to die. So that would be cool <laughs> if I could help them. Yeah. What? Um, <laughs> which is harder to 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 um, <laughs> to perform in front of and to make executives laugh or to make kids laugh? Ooh. Um, well... I have a very funny story about the first time I had to write stand up for American Eagle. They uh, so I was I was I do the I would do doing like all these live events for them. So they put me in a boardroom with like all the new material that would be coming out in the winter collection. Yeah. And they're like, write jokes. So I had to specifically wow. write humor about American Eagle product. <laughs> so I'm in there for five hours. I write a twenty minute set. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I feel good about it. My boss comes in, he's like, All right. Now we got to call the president of the company, speakerphone, to the CEO of American Eagle, and I'm going to read a joke, and then he will sign off on whether I can do this joke, and then I'll have to go back to the drawing board. So I do my very first joke, and nothing. Silence. My heart falls into my stomach, and then I hear, ha, ha, ha. There was a five-second delay. I was like, oh, my God. Okay, I can do this. But then, like, the next joke, I'm like, it's just the delay. And he's like, nope, cut that. And I'm like, okay, I get you. But, yeah, that was a That's really amazing. weird experience. But, um. What, that might have been the hardest. I have to say corporate because it was writing material in my voice about product. It was just right. wild. It was really wild. How, <laughs> I can't imagine that scenario. You yeah. All of a sudden, they just turn on the speakerphone yeah. and they're like, you know. They dial in and they're like, you know, this is Gab and this is the president. Hi, make, how are you doing? Make John Moneybags laugh right yeah. now. I will say they paid so well. I'm oh, sure. I mean, oh my God. Like yeah. the two years I was with them, like I, I remember saying to my mom, like, I made this much money this year doing art. And she's like, high five, baby. You know, with the Lydia's and celebrated. Yeah, it was yeah. really a good gig. But I quit it. Yeah. Because it was getting to the point where they wanted me to have all my social media be American Eagle Gabinesso. Uh, and the anti-bully thing was just taking off. And my mom was getting super sick and I was her caregiver. Yeah. So I was like the anti-bully show is my, it's my baby. So I can be in charge yeah. if I need to take off for mom. And so that's why I chose yeah. that. The, um, your corporate stuff is hard. I, I, I did some freelance probably for about 10 years for this, um, 
I think it was like a quarterly magazine that went to directors of public companies and it was a ridiculous how much they paid. And it's like, you know, some of the stuff you just kind of like swallow your soul and, and yes. just go, like, okay, <laughs> Monsanto, what a great blah, blah, blah. I'm just kidding about Monsanto, but right. you know, it's just like, you know, all that stuff, but it, you know, that's where the money is. And I guess it's, it's like those actors who do like, um, I always think about Vincent D'Onofrio. He does all these great, um, like independent films, but then he'll go and do like a men in black, like a huge blockbuster right. to pay for his love of independent films. And so sometimes we all gotta, we all gotta do that. I know. It's crazy. Yeah. I sometimes have nightmares where the term colored jeggings just like goes through my brain and I'm just like, make it stop. Can you, do you remember, can you, can you tell us a joke about American Eagle clothes? Oh my God. I did do one and I couldn't believe they let me do it. And it was, um, the difference between skinny jeans and jeggings. And I'm like, skinny jeans you you don't need to buy them. Jag- Everyone thinks jeggings are skinny jeans. And if right. you don't believe me that anyone can fit into to jeggings, go see the movie Precious. She's not <laughs> wearing skinny jeans. Right. Those are jeggings, man. And so I was like doing like a whole Precious routine. And I was like, I'm not going to be allowed to do that. And they're like, yeah, you could do that. You could do that. Ha ha. I find that very amusing. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. So it was like, I was just like, I would have to break it down in crazy terms. Yeah, that's yeah. the only one I really remember. I had a few online. I know I have some of my right. corporate comedy online. Do you ever have to like, ex- did she ever have to like, explain the the joke to like like something maybe that was even obvious and they're just like I don't get it or I feel like that definitely happened yeah. when they were like that's offensive and I'm like wait a minute why is that offensive <laughs> and then like we had to have like a conversation about what right. could offend yeah <laughs> yeah so it was really um and the, and the different types of girls so there's yeah. the American oh, yeah. Eagle girl and the airy girl and they they were trying to try me out as an airy girl for for a really long time right. but um yeah, it just wasn't working out for me. I wasn't soft enough to be an airy girl. That's what they kept saying. They're like, you're a little rough. You're more AE. Wow. I'm like, okay, cool. That's Thank funny. you. Yeah. It um, was a weird gig, but I liked it a lot. <laughs> and they let me do an Oscar-style musical montage for one of the events. And really? that will always be like – because I was a huge Billy Crystal fan growing yeah. up. And they let me do that. And it, I, the amount of money they spent on this is absurd. <laughs> but I have it online yeah. if you ever want to see it. So I uh, – yeah. yeah. I think it's always – is that um, – what comedians do I just um and I not to plug other comedians, but um Whitney Cummings has a new special. I don't know if you're a fan of Whitney Cummings. I like Whitney Cummings, um, where she apparently built one of those like thirty or forty thousand dollars. Like she took her her Netflix advance and she built this thirty or forty thousand dollars one of those sex robots. Oh and she God. brings it out on stage to do comedy with her. It's every, you got to see that special. Okay, it's, I'm going to check that out. It's, it's, I'm it's have really to check good. That out. But that's one of those things that she kind of said, you know, when you know, you give comedian uh, you give a comedian money to do, to do their own thing, you know, you don't know what's going to come out in the end. So. No, it's the truth. It's the truth. <laughs> I had an artistic residency with CMU where yeah. I got uh, like grant money from the Pittsburgh Foundation to do whatever I wanted. Wow. And the first thing I created was an onstage blanket fort that was like a manifestation <laughs> of like all the voices in my head yeah. played by actors, me trying to host a talk show with the voices in my head nagging oh, at me the whole time. Yeah. At one point I escaped into East Liberty. I came back covered in blood and then we sang um, Home by Edward Sharpen the magnetic zeros <laughs> to close the show. It was one of the greatest things I've ever done. Wow. But a lot of my friends from Robinson Township came and they literally looked like they were just all mouth breathing, like just like what is happening that's right amazing. now? Yeah. And yeah. Th- you know th- th- that's that's people who support the arts and not just support the arts, but support your art. Like what what do you want to do, artists? Like here here's the money. You do what what I mean. It's it's in Pittsburgh does have a lot of great. Exactly. Folks and institutions that 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 do that. Um, you are listening to the Pittsburgh Current podcast, uh, pittsburghcurrent.com. You can find our socials at PGH Current. 
Um, Gab, where can folks find you on the interwebs? You can find me at gabbanesso.com for all my adult comedy needs or gabsquad.com if you're in need of a mental health or anti-bully assembly program. Fantastic. Um, so when I, when Gab and I met uh, recently to talk about uh, her working with the current, um, she was in a Jaws shirt. And so I <laughs> remarked that Gab was in a Jaws shirt. And she said, I, you know, she's crazy about, I don't know if it was Jaws or Sharks, but then I would go, I would see you have a show coming up and there was the you shark, and like shark. One, the Sharks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you have an obvious fascination with Sharks. Yes, so tell time. me about how does that, how'd that happen? Well, I've, ever since I was a kid, I've always yeah. loved Sharks. My brother used to do a shark Im- impersonation, yeah. which I would always beg him to do as a little girl. <laughs> Jaws was early on a favorite movie, movie of mine. I've always had a crush on Richard Dreyfuss. And uh, so I just yeah. always loved them. But then in 2010, my sister went out with a bunch of friends. <laughs> Um, she came home and got a basically Jägermeister promotional inflatable shark and she just left him in my bedroom and I swear to God when I woke up I looked him right in the eyes and I was like hi Phineas and he said hi Gabby and we were best friends from that moment That's on awesome. and so he became a part of my comedy act yeah. I literally would write press releases to the Post Gazette featuring Phineas the shark in parentheses they would print it like it, it yeah. amazes me how much like people do not read press right? releases and they're just like so he has had more press than most comedians in Pittsburgh. Um, unfortunately, he, he got a few puncture holes uh, the same year that all my family died. And it was like, I've already been like, my mom died, my brother died. How could I bring up Phineas the shark died? So this shark week, I actually admitted that he has a lot of holes, but I have someone who's going to look into making a zombie Phineas for me. So I think he nice. may come back. Just like mom and dad, I take Santeria courses for that. But anyway, yeah. Um, that's Looking for that pet cemetery, are yeah, you? I love pet cemetery. The new one was cool too. Was he good? I liked it. I liked it. So... How did was it? Um, so, so you want to you do want to make public now that you're not one of those bandwagon Shark Week fans? Oh, no. You're sick. <laughs> I celebrate. We don't just celebrate a week in our house. It's all year. Yeah. It's all year. Shark it is year. not. And that's why my Shark Show is always in, in August because like there's the Discovery Channel Shark Week, but then there's also the Sci-Fi with Sharknado, which is the best yeah. movie ever made. And so I like to celebrate in between the two. Yeah. So I always have mine in August. My my nephew who is uh 13, be 14 in October. He lo- like when he was old enough his mom let him watch Sharknado. He he binged them all. <laughs> and I remember he and I were going somewhere and um he said um uh hey, you want to talk about want to talk about some movies, some movies that I've seen. And I said, "Sure." And he says, I don't know if you've seen it, but this Sharknado might be the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and then he goes on the trilogy or whatever. I don't know how many there were, but he goes on and he's like, um, you know, Sharknado 2 was just a little too silly for me. <laughs> but then they brought it back for him in Sharknado 3. But oh that was funny. It's God, like, it's just, I love it. Yeah. He so, sounds like the coolest person that he, ever lived. No, he is. He's the best. <laughs> yeah. He loves wrestling and he also loves sharks. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's amazing. So do you, um, I was going to do like shark flashcards for you, but I, oh I ran out of time. <laughs> that's okay. I, for me, my thing with sharks is they're the most picked on animal. And right. I think that's also, I'm always the, the fan of the underdog. You know what I mean? Yeah. And everyone's like, stupid sharks bit my leg. It's like, why are you in their living room, <laughs> jerk face? Seriously, if a shark came into my house, I'm going to bite him. Right. So like, I just don't know why you're surprised this is happening. You were not invited. Well, that was the recent story. It said uh, a shark bit like three people in one day or what? I'm, or what, I'm like, why did it take more than one of you to know no, right. don't go back in the water? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's literally the tagline of Jaws. Don't go in the goddamn water. Right. I just, I really hate that they blame the sharks. I'm just like, this is crazy. <laughs> and I will not eat at places that serve shark fin soup. I will really? not. I boycott. I will call them up. It is not okay. No. Yeah. And I don't think, 
I don't think shark. Like I remember my my mom. She tried to class up at dinner once, <laughs> and she bought shark at Giant Eagle, and um, it wasn't good. And I like fish, but it, it, I, mean, I was younger then. But and I'm just like, I don't think people are supposed to be eating this. Like this is like you know. And if you're going to, I don't think you should be buying it from Giant Eagle. <laughs> <laughs> Their fish section is always bad. It just well, reeks of and this, bad. And fish. this was the eighties. Oh, so God. I don't know what the shark section looked like at Giant Eagle. I'm in afraid the 80s. it wasn't even a shark. It like there wasn't. was a stingray, right. and they're just like, it's kind of a shark. Here you go. It's one of those poisonous blowfish. You'll be fine. <laughs> oh, You'll my God. Um, so do you have – and it's funny. I, I just realized um, that this is – Shark Week is rapidly upon us. So do you still partake because it's still a showcase for your oh, beloved Oh, of course. Animal. I do yeah. encourage uh, people to watch it. I like to watch it. The Megalodon series always gets me on Discovery right. Channel. They did find a Megalodon tooth in the ocean this yeah. summer. That's exciting. Is there right. still a Megalodon in existence? I like to hope so. So do you see – do you watch everything with sharks? I mean, I'm pretty into sharks. I mean, all my clo- I have a lot of shark yeah. clothes. I almost wore a shark. Sh- I have so many shark shirts. Right. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I have my shark onesie. I have a shark snuggie blanket. I have tons of stuffed sharks. I'm yeah. Not the inflatables. It's so, like you watched the, you saw the Meg. Yeah. Yeah, of course. See, yeah. so I'm like, I was like that for a long time in the eighties and nineties with, with Gary Busey. I had to watch everything Gary Busey was in. And, um, eventually like I was just like, yeah, I was just like, he is a lot like a shark. He really is. He'll bite you if you're in his living room. <laughs> yes. I would think. He doesn't give zero Fs yeah. about you. That's why I like Gary Busey and I did a shark. So yeah, I'm all about that. It's amazing. So what do you have? So you have the shark show coming up, correct? Got, yeah, that on Tuesday. Um, I have a lot of shows coming yeah, up. Yeah, go ahead, give us a um, But a, a bunch are out of town. I'm headlining my first uh, like club that's bringing me in, which I'm nice. really excited. It's called the Church of Satire Comedy Club in Hanover, PA. So I'm really pumped about that. And then I got into the Baltimore Comedy Festival, so I'm going to be heading down there. Very nice. And then also the school year starting, so it's all happening at once. Um, but yeah, I have a bunch of shows. I'm going to Wheeling, West Virginia in a couple weeks. I'm doing a show at Unplanned uh, Comedy um, doing a show for the University of Pittsburgh. I'm, I, I, I just finally yeah. posted my shows online. So if you go to my website, you can find all of my shows. So do you, that was just in, an interesting mix of venues that you talked with different cities. So do you, do you change your material around depending on where you are? Or do you just assume that a certain, um, that a certain, that a person in the audience has at least somewhat of a mindset that, they're at least similar to your mindset that they're going to they're there to to get your comedy or do you still like do you make West Virginia revisions or how Yeah, no. Work? So for me, uh it's that's really funny because so uh, the whole time I've been doing stand up, I've not enjoyed it necessarily. Like it was always my means to get to acting. So it was never the original love of my yeah. life. It was just this thing that I started doing. I was good at it and I'm stuck doing it. You know, right. like that's how I looked at it. And at the end of last year, I was kind of getting despondent in everything I was doing. I think that's just natural when you're a manic depressive. And I was just like, I'm not having fun doing anything. This has to change. Like why be an artist if you're not having fun in life? You know, I could just go work at Starbucks. And, uh, and so I just made a pact where I'm like, I'm not going to write any more set lists. I'm just going to go and I'm going to feel the energy and we're going to see what happens. And I have had more fun doing stand up. I have done more variety of spaces and it's just working out i just read the room so i did a gig in trentum recently where driving down the road every house had a confederate flag and i was like "Uh oh <laughs> and this was in june right. and so i'm like and i have a lot of lefty political stuff sure. in my repertoire so i'm like okay how am i gonna so i first start with like seeing how they feel about the catholic church and i was able to get some laughs on that i'm like all right so we're a little edgy yeah. and then i work in an abortion joke but i do it in a complete absurdist way that maybe they don't know it's an abortion 
abortion joke gets a huge right. laugh. And after that, I'm like, I'm really surprised because I drove down the street and I saw your flags. I mean, you guys celebrate a different kind of pride up in Drenham, <laughs> and they just start screaming, laughing. So yeah. they understood I'm mocking their Confederate flag. Right. And then it just kept going, and I could be as liberal as I wanted. I did right. Trump stuff. But then at the end, we're all talking, and they're like, you're so funny. You got to come back to Drenham, smoking cigs in my face, <laughs> trying to give me course light. And I'm like, thanks so much. And they're like, yeah, man. You know, you know, in uh, elementary school, they can't even have chocolate milk anymore. I'm like, why? And he's like, Michelle Obama. And I'm like, <laughs> did you hear my... Okay, I got to get out of here, friends. It was fun. Where's my money? And then I just left. Yeah, but yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe you make thought it work. You, were, you were like... You were making fun in a loving way kind of thing. Yeah, I think I soft-sold it enough where yeah. they weren't like, she's an angry feminist, right. you know? Uh, but She must love Trump, too. Yeah, it was I, I, The only thing I said about Trump was I'm like, the only thing that if he is reelected, and I didn't make a Russian comment, which I would have normally in a, right. another venue, I'm like, I'm just going to be blatant about I'm trying to find a guy for a paycheck. Like, I'm just, that's right. it. That's it. Like, yeah. and then I can just be honest about Like, I just want your money. I don't care about anything. <laughs> and they were like, woo, yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I just kind of... I ride the wave of, yeah. of the, the room and what's going on. But the Brillo Box, I just... So I do a show there every second Tuesday and then one random Sunday a month. It's usually like the last Sunday or the second to last yeah. Sunday. And I headlined the last one and I ad-libbed half my set. And I'm telling you, I, I know I blacked out. Like I disassociate right. when I'm on stage. And at one point, my friend Arvin was like, that's such a good new bit. I'm like, I'm not doing a bit. I'm ad-libbing. You should be filming this. What did right. I say? Like, it gets really wild sometimes. Yeah. It's literally like surfing. Are you able to recall it? Like, when they say, it was the one you said about... Yeah, well, yeah, because yeah. it was a true story. I just happened yeah. to ad-lib. Because I um, I don't... So on my YouTube channel, I have this one video that is just getting a lot of views. And I'm yeah. excited. I'm like, this could be the one video. And it's where I... So my mom, my dad, my brother are all dead. And I believe they haunt my house. And so I use right. Snapchat to find them in the house. And these filters just pop up over nothing. But only when I'm like, mom, and then a dog filter comes up wow. and the tongue sticks out. And I'm like, hi, mom. You know, it's like really weird. Yeah. So I made a video of all of this. It's doing a lot of momentum. So I've been putting out on social like, hey, if anyone's a medium and they want to help me out, I can only offer you views, but I'd love to bring you into my house. The first medium to reach out is a Trump supporter. And I'm just like, really? and this is what I ended up ad libbing because I'm just like, I don't think I can do Like yeah. the room that, first of all, when my mother died, she said, I, I don't want flowers. I want people to donate to Hillary and then die. Like literally. Yeah. <laughs> so like that's what we had in her obituary. Right. And every Republican who came was like, notice I bought flowers. And we're like, nice. Our mother's dead. Anyway. Yeah. Jesus. So I'm like, this woman is not going to work. And my mom is not going to come for a Trumpy or she's going to like berate the woman. Right. Or this woman's going to open a portal to hell and the right. devil is going to spawn from my living room. <laughs> and also a Republican medium by definition, I'm pretty sure is a poltergeist. So I'm just like the whole thing. But I ad lived all of that. Like I was just like yeah. panicking on stage. Age and yeah, so that yeah. was, but I do believe in all of what I just said. <laughs> are, you, are you nervous when you go on stage and you know you're just, just going to ad lib the show or, do, or at this point, are you confident that it's all going to be okay? I, I think because I like, I always say having a nervous breakdown was the best thing that ever happened to me, but it is because like after you have a nervous breakdown, everything's kind of funny. So even if like yeah. the audience looks at me like they hate me, it's just like, guys, this is like a show yeah. and I'm going to go home and watch Criminal Minds and none of this matters. <laughs> so whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. It doesn't bother me anymore. And, uh, and also working for kids because they, yeah. you, you don't get to rest when you work for kids. Yeah. Adults, you can take a breath. I have to just keep going. And I think working with kids has made me not afraid to work with That's adults because awesome. they're way harder. 
Well, speaking of working with adults, you missed the boat by coming on to work with us, but we're glad that you're <laughs> with the Pittsburgh Current, Gavin Essa. I, You know what I say? When God closes a door, he opens a uh, better paying, more liberal one. So that's what I, <laughs> that's my philosophy. With a life. lot of crazy <laughs> bastards inside. Like, this, is, this is the door you open. Yes. Um, yeah, we're so glad to have you on board. We're Thanks, very man. happy. And read Gab's column today. Read her This Tastes Funny with... Uh, oh, with Brittany Alexis. Brittany Alexis. It's it's fantastic. And fantastic. Also a great stand-up comedian, Brittany. And so, um, yeah, check out the Pittsburgh Current currently on the stands. Uh, we have the next issue coming out. I almost said episode. Next issue coming out a week from Tuesday. Um, it will be our Steelers slash football issue. Um, so check that out. Um, and again, thanks, everybody, for all their support. Thank you, Gab, for coming today. Thanks and, for having uh, me. Have a great weekend. A better alternative Giving This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.